60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding Nationwide Mortgage Licensing System ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Hope you're doing good today. Hope you're having a fine day. And we're glad you're listening to this radio station. We looked long and hard for this radio station. A lot of research was done because we were looking for you. That's right. We knew that in this area, there's a lot of good people that just want further empowerment. They want to be in charge of every single dollar as it comes into their bank account and what they're doing with those dollars once you've got them. It's called financial empowerment. And that is what Robert Palmer's all about. Robert Palmer is a consumer empowering voice explaining all important facets of the economy, credit cards, savings accounts, CDs, credit scores, building your credit score, and much, much more. We do it right here on this radio station because we know that you are hungering for more power when it comes to money. You don't want to be the person that on Wednesday and everybody's going to lunch and you have to say, well, I don't have any money because I've run out of money before I've run out of week. No way. You are not going to be that person ever again. Today, we're going to talk about student loans and the downfall of taking the max. We'll talk about the home value hotline. We'll talk about Robert's no closing cost refi program. We'll talk about financial zombies and our efforts to empower them to become financial ninjas. We'll talk about other ways that we are trying as a team right here in this building to bring you financial empowerment. And we have a brand new rule to add to our saving thousands rules to success. And it has to do with getting a mortgage at 30 years and then cutting that term to 15 as soon as we're able to do it. We've got a great show coming up, but right now, Robert, let's talk about some of the perils of student loans. Most most kids will take however much student loans they are approved for. Right? Well, you think that's a fair statement, Rob? Oh, I think it's a very you know, fair statement. It, it, I want to live in a world where they say, "Well, I don't need that much. I'm going to live on campus. I'm going to I'm going to work at night." Because every dollar that I take from that student loan company is going to cost me four bucks or five bucks by the time I pay it back at where I can go get a little job and make some money at night or, you know, that that apartment rent being a thousand dollars a month versus a couple hundred bucks a month to live on campus is going to end up costing me five thousand dollars a month by the time I pay it back with all the interest. Because while student loans have very low payments, uh, they have pretty crappy interest rates. (laughs) And because they have such low payments, they have very long terms. I mean, you will pay on student loans for 20 years and so, I mean, oh, longer, longer in some gosh. cases. And, and so, you know, you're talking about double, tripling, quadrupling, maybe even more the, those dollars. And, and so, again, it's like, oh, well, I, I got approved for all this student loans. I have all this money now. You know, Rob, I've, I've had people try to use excess student loan money for down payments on houses. Are you kidding you know, me? And, and we won't, you know, we, we won't <laughs> let you do that. You can't use borrowed <laughs> funds for down payments. We've had people try, you know, and it's like, look, don't take the money. I mean, just because you have the credit card doesn't mean you have to go max it out. Just because you got uh, approval for that much in student loans doesn't mean you have to spend it all. You know, turn around and send it back. Make a lump sum payment with it. Do whatever you want to do. Don't take it at all. Um, but but make better financial decisions. I mean, you're basically letting the financial the student loan company dictate to you how much money you're going to borrow and how much money you have to pay them back uh, versus you making a good decision. And all this comes from that lack of financial literacy, that lack of understanding, the lack of discussion uh, for kids leading in. You know, we, we are there to help our kids learn how to ride a bike. We are there to help our kids learn how to swim. You know, we are, I mean, imagine that, Rob, if, if, we, if we never taught our kid how to ride a bike, never taught them how to swim, and then all of a sudden they get off to college and somebody throws them in a pool and they're just supposed to figure it out. It's going to be ugly, you know, oh, yeah. and, and I'd rather have that ugly at home under, under my watch, you know, with the family. And, and the way to do that is to have these conversations, is to open up, it's to talk about the realities of, of finance, it's to share the personal stories, you know, and if you don't want to share your personal stories, you get enough of them from me here on the radio, share my personal stories, <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there's plenty of ways to get this, to start these conversations with your kids. Um, so that, that's the article, Rob, it's on uh-huh. savingthousands.com. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to add the audio of this clip on there as well. Uh, but it really, parents have got to understand 
that, that you know your bad financial habits, your lack of wanting to share with your kids, your lack of explaining uh, is doing them a huge disservice. You know, you may think you're protecting them. See, I, I think we, we realize how much stress uh, that, that money causes in our lives, right? I mean, look at uh, for, for people that are in any type of financial trouble, have mounting credit card debt, struggle to pay their bills. It is a, a super stress in our lives, right? And so I think the, the thought process is, well, I want to protect my kid from that. I'm going to hide it from them. I don't want them to deal, to stress about it. Well, one, they're not going to stress about it in the same way you do because it's not their responsibility. Uh, but then two, it's really going to help them understand what you're going through. Uh, you know, when parents are stressed about, I could tell with my mom, I mean, when she was stressed about money, when things were tight, I could absolutely tell her mood was different. Things changed. And again, I was lucky enough that I, I got to understand why. Where a lot of kids don't, or is it, is it are mom and dad fighting? Do they not like each other? Are they getting a divorce, right? I mean, what, what are kids' reference points? You know, the, most kids don't know that the financial stress even exists. So when they see mom and dad are stressed out, they're going to start thinking divorce or other problems because that's what they see on TV and they hear from kids at school, you know, where in reality it, it may just be that mom and dad have a little too much credit card debt, you know, and, and to understand that and, and to recognize that, and that'll put a little fear in, in, kids, uh, in kids' lives when it comes to getting credit cards. I, I see that with mortgages, Rob. A lot of people, in the end, you know, when people lost their houses, kids figured it out. You know, and, and parents kind of hit a breaking point where you know, we see when we talk to people, they, they would hide it from the kids, hide it from the kids. But then ultimately, when you lose the house, you can't hide it from the kids anymore. And so a lot of kids ultimately find, figure out that mom and dad had a lot of stress because they couldn't afford to pay their mortgage. Right. And, and this makes kids not want to buy houses. Well, if they know that having credit card debt or student loan debt caused mom and dad to have a lot of stress and some problems, then that may make them a little more weary of student loan debt and credit cards, which would be a good thing. Right. Where them being weary of buying a house is really a bad thing because now we're pushing off their ability to accumulate equity and to have ownership and to start moving in that direction. And so again, we, we've just we've got to make better choices of what we're going to share. Uh, use our life experiences. There is your children will learn from you in no better way than, than you sharing your life experiences. I mean, I, you know, I, stories from my mom and dad about the mistakes they made growing up. Again, most of them not financial. And I think most kids, I think I think we all have these, right, Rob? I mean, I think you can any of us can think back on stories our parents tell us about mistakes they made. You know, maybe about reckless driving or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. And, and, and parents use their life lessons to help teach us and shape our, you know, kind of morals and shape our guiding principles, but we're not doing it with personal finance. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Robert Palmer and the name of the show is saving thousands with Robert Palmer. I started working with Robert about eight years ago and I noticed something very different about Robert. See, I was doing, shows called Ask the Experts on a radio station in Orlando, Florida. And I noticed from the very beginning, from the very first time that I encountered Robert Palmer, he was different from the other experts, different from the other professionals, because he was always thinking there was always going to be a better way. And he came up and made those better ways happen. And in this case, in the mortgage industry. And you're probably thinking, well, how many ways are there to improve the mortgage industry? Well, believe me, over the past eight years, I have seen Robert come up with innovation after innovation after innovation that are constantly helping the consumer. Meanwhile, the rest of the industry, oh, they don't want to make those changes because they like the junk fees. They like all the hidden fees. They like all the ways that they can get more money out of you. But you know, in the long run, if you've got a mortgage company and you're paying that mortgage company a whole bunch in fees, well, that's that many more dollars that are not going toward the house. So what are you gonna do? Give up the granite countertops? You're gonna give up the screen room? You're gonna give up the pool? Well, you've got to go where you get the best deal. But that is what Robert has always tried to raise the bar. Every time he has an innovation, it raises that bar. Other companies not too crazy about that, but Robert, well, he's doing fine. And now he wants to give back to you through these saving thousand shows. He wants you to have the rules. He wants you to have the ways. He wants you to have the tools to get ahead. And we've just added a brand new tool. It's our Saving Thousands radio app. Go to your app store, download Saving Thousands radio app, and you'll be able to listen to Robert's shows 24-7 on demand. That's Saving Thousands radio app from your Play Store. Robert, what's on your mind now on our Saving Thousands agenda? 
Rob, let's talk All about right. the Home Value Hotline a little bit. All right. Home Value Hotline is something that is really important to you if you own a home. That's 866-222-8231. 866-222-8231. One more time, slowly. 866-222-8231. Do you have any idea how much your home is worth? I bet you can tell me within a dollar of how much is in your wallet. I bet you can tell me how much gas you have left in the tank, how much your neighbor makes, how much you're going to make next year. But your house, the biggest asset you have in your portfolio is your house. How much is it worth? Yeah, and the worst thing you can do is go online and use one of these <laughs> eonline.com appraisals or whatever that, you know, they use this they use this bogus cost per square footage approach, which just doesn't work because it doesn't, I mean, look, here's the deal. At the end of the day, uh, location, 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 right? And and that mm-hmm. doesn't just mean neighborhood or zip code. That can mean this side of the street versus that side of the street. That can mean the beautiful lake view out the back or the preserve view out the back versus you're staring into a Winn-Dixie parking lot out the back, right? I mean, sure. this is the kind of things that happen. And, and, and how nice is the house? Has it been remodeled? How old is the roof? What does it look like inside? Because a, a lot of buying a home is emotional. You know, it's not just, we're not, we don't walk in there and be like, well, dear, we're not paying more than $11 a square foot for a house, you know, whatever it's, it doesn't work that way, you know? And, but that's how these online computer systems try, they try to boil home values down to an archaic cost per square foot value. Mm -hmm. And it's great. And it's made them billions of dollars. I mean, they, these guys, you know, the Zillow and truly and these guys are making crazy billions of dollar valuations by giving away bogus home valuations. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a great business model. You know, mm-hmm. you you take garbage misinformation and you turn it into a billion dollar company. I mean, God God bless America, right? But if you want to know what your home is really worth, you can call the Home Value Hotline. And so, when I personally need to know what one of my properties is worth, uh, when you know my buddy I talk about a lot, who's got the the you know the the sixteen million dollars worth of rental properties around Central Florida, when he wants to know what one of his properties is worth, uh, we have this network of real estate agents that we call, we have a relationship with because we're in the business. The average consumer doesn't have that. And so I built the Home Value Hotline to give you access to the same resources I have. So you can call the Home Value Hotline. It's free. There's no obligation. There's no hardcore sales pitch. We're not going to try to sell you some Ginsu knives on the back end of the deal. <laughs> you know, I mean, just call the Home Value Hotline. You'll hear my voice. It's a recorded message. Leave some basic information, and a local real estate expert will call you back and talk you through what your home is worth. I say this all the time, Rob. If you're out there listening, if you think you're going to sell your home in the next 18 months, if you think there is any chance at all, that you are going to sell your home in the next 18 months. You know who you are. You're hearing me right now. Do not procrastinate. Start the process now by finding out what your home is worth, okay? So many of the decisions about selling a home start with that first key piece of information, which is what's the home worth. The other beautiful thing is you can talk to the agent who gives you your free home valuation about time to sell, best time to sell. Maybe there are things you can do to improve your home's value between now and when you're ready to sell. Guess what? If you call the home value hotline a month before you're ready to sell your house, that won't do you any good, right? You don't have time to do any of the things to increase your home uh-huh. value. So if you think you're going to sell your home anytime in the next 18 months, you know who you are. I'm talking to you right now, right? I want you to look to your right, look to your left. Nope, I'm talking to you. You are the person who is thinking about selling your home in the next 18 months. Pick up the phone right now and call the home value hotline. Be a financial ninja. Get the information you need. Get the home's value today so you can be prepared, so you can start planning because selling a home is a big deal. It's a big financial decision. You need all the information you can get. The first key piece is the home valuation from a reputable source, which is my home value hotline. So pick out, pull out your phone right now, all right? I'm talking to you. You right there. You, yes, you that's going to sell your home in the next 18 months. Pick up your phone and prepare to punch in these numbers. Rob, give them the numbers to punch in. Talk slow. Punch them in. One at a time. Go. Here we go. Are you ready to punch? Eight, six, six, two, 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 eight, two, three, one. Put it in your phone in your contacts. Eight, six, six, two, 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 eight, two, three, one. And you're on your way. That's it. So again, they're gonna they're gonna call. You're gonna call that number. You're gonna hear my voice. I'm gonna tell you to leave your name and phone number and the address of your home. Uh, and then we're gonna get that to the local real estate agent who I would call. In that area, if I wanted to know what one of my houses was worth, if I was thinking about selling one of my houses in the next 18 months, this is what I would be doing right now. And the cool thing is, in addition to just giving you the home value, they're going to talk to you about why your home is worth that much, what activities and trends are happening in that neighborhood. Are, are things going up? Are things going down? Is there a sale that can help you? Is there a sale that can hurt you? Is there a, Are there a lot of homes about to come on the market in that area? Is there a certain time of year where that 
neighborhood sells for more than other times a year. These things happen, and the members of the Home Value Hotline will be able to share this with you. So uh, one more time on the phone number, Mr. Newton. 866-222-8231. The Home Value Hotline, everybody. All right, so that's the Home Value Hotline. We want you to be an informed and smart consumer. And uh, if you're thinking about selling your home anytime in the next 18 months, the time now is to start laying down those plans. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait to the last minute. Don't get caught in a situation where you cost yourself thousands of dollars in potential sales price because you make a couple stupid decisions because you procrastinated, all right? Call the Home Value Hotline today. Get that going. Uh, if you're not thinking about selling your home, then you need to be thinking about refinancing your home with us here at RP Funding, sure. taking advantage of the two and a half million bucks that I pulled out of the advertising budget uh, in order to, to create raving fans, in order to create word of mouth advertising by bribing you with a refinance with no closing costs. All right, because I'm paying them all. RP Funding, NMLS ID 70168. Pick up the phone and give us a call, 855-773-8634. That's 855-RP-FUNDING, 855-773-8634. There's a lot more saving thousands coming up with Robert Palmer. But hey, if you're not behind the wheel right now, open up your computer, open up your tablet, go on your smartphone, and let's visit savingthousands.com together, shall we? All right, kind of dial that up. It's saving thousands. You got to write out the word thousands, savingthousands.com. Okay, raise your hand when you're there. <laughs> All right, here we go. When you look at the homepage, you'll see just how consumer and user-friendly the savingthousands.com is. Across the top, well, it gives you a lot of great tools. One is you'll see a tab that says the rules, and that's where you'll analyze and maybe copy even off the Saving Thousands Rules to Success. There's radio shows. Yeah, you click on that, and you'll be able to listen on demand to radio shows of your interest category, and they're all on there like, you know, buying a home, the process of buying a home, the process of getting a mortgage, what happens at the closing? On and on and on. There's one called Station Listing. Station Listing is for you as you're traveling throughout the southern United States and you're approaching some town, you'll be able to see when we're broadcasting in that city, okay? You'll also find on there a way that you can connect with Robert 24 hours a day on our iHeart Station. Simply go to your iHeart app and on there in the search engine, just put in Robert Palmer. But the station listing is very, very helpful. Next to that, ask Robert. Well, what does that mean? Well, when you click on it, there'll be a form. And you just confidentially fill out the form, ask the question you want to ask, and Robert Palmer will email you right back. And finally, you'll see a tab for the Home Value Hotline. You click on that. You just simply fill out the form confidentially, and you will get the precise evaluation of your home. It's as easy as that. Well, Robert, people are still asking after all the years that you've had RP funding going, People still ask me in public. They'll go, how does he keep his company going so well without charging any lender fees? So let's talk about how I do this. The same way I do everything uh, when it comes to, to my businesses and putting consumers first and making sure that we have the best deal and, and by re-engineering the, the, the process and the business to be better for consumers. So in most mortgage companies, the mortgage loan originator is a commission-only door-to-door salesman type pay uh, where they make thousands of dollars per transaction, Rob. So the Mortgage Banker Association puts out studies, accounting firms put out studies, it, depending on who you ask, right? It's somewhere in the the three to $4,000 range is how much the, the on the low side, a loan originator makes in commission per transaction. There's some guy out there making seven or $8,000 per transaction in commission. These are just the commissions, right? This isn't the wow. company income. This is the commission to the salesperson. And so I looked at this part of our industry and I, I thought it was, I thought it was insane. And I thought it could be different. I thought it could be better. And I revolutionized the industry seven years ago when I completely changed the compensation structure for my mortgage loan originators. And in the last six months, my average cost per closed loan for my mortgage originator compensation, the, the amount they make between salary and bonus and commission and everything is around $600 per transaction. Okay. Well, because my loan officers are closing 20 to 30 transactions, they're making a lot of money, right? 20 times 600 is 12 grand. 30 times 600 is 18 grand, right? So they're making a lot of money, but they're not making a lot of money on each deal. And see, the average loan officer out there only closes one or two deals a month. And I know because the guys who work for me now used to work somewhere else and they tell me, 
I had a loan officer come to me, Rob. He closed more transactions in his first month with me than he did the entire year with his previous company. Okay. <laughs> That's why they have to pay them two to three to four to five to six to seven to eight thousand dollars in commission because they're only closing 12, 15 deals a year. So to make good money, they've got to have these big fat commissions. I don't because of the volume. And why do we get volume? Because we put consumers first and we don't charge lender fees and we run great specials like refinancing with no closing costs. That's how we get volume. My entire business model is based on volume. If my loan originators don't close the volume, then they don't make the money. They'll leave me and go work somewhere where they can get three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars per deal and commission. But as long as I'm running the volume and I can run volume by keeping my consumer happy and doing what's best for my consumer, then my loan officers are happy making $600 a transaction. So guess what I get to do with the difference, right? If the other guy's paying $3,000 in commission, $4,000 in commission, $5,000 in commission, and I'm only paying 600, is there any question where the money comes from for me to pay your closing costs? I think it's pretty clear. You know, that's just one of the places that we're more efficient than our competitors in saving money and then passing that savings along to our consumer. The other big thing is we're a mortgage servicer. So when we make your loan, we securitize it through Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or Jenny Mae. And then in, in nine out of 10 cases, we're going to keep that loan. You're going to make your payments to us. And I'm going to make money for servicing your loan every year forever, right? So we make roughly a quarter point per loan. So on a $200,000 loan, I'm going to make $500 a year for servicing that loan for you, right? For servicing that loan and collecting your payments and being your lender, I get paid 500 bucks a year on a $200,000 loan. So if you keep that loan for 10 years, that's five grand. You keep that loan for five years, it's 2,500 bucks. This is extra money, right? This is money that someone who sells their loans doesn't get to make. This is money that a mortgage broker who just brokers deals doesn't get to make. And so when you combine the fact that I'm paying thousands less in compensation per transaction, and then the fact that I'm a mortgage servicer, so I get to make money on the, the long term like an annuity, and then in the middle, there's all these other things we've done with technology to be more efficient, it's very easy for me to pick up the tab on all of your closing costs, removing the barrier of entry for you to refinance. Remember, what I need is volume. I need lots of customers. I need lots of people trusting me with their mortgage. And the way to do that is to make it very easy to say yes to us. And the way to say that and to do that is to remove that barrier to entry, right, which is the closing cost. When I looked at our portfolio and said, well, why, why does anyone not refinance? Because there's too much closing costs, right? They don't refinance because of the closing costs. That was always the answer. And I said, well, how about this, guys? What if we eliminate all the closing costs? What if I pay them all for them? What's that going to do? What's that going to do to our volume? How many more transactions is that going to run through this business? How many more customers then will I be able to service their loan for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? How many more customers' loans will I be able to securitize every month through Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Jenny Mae? And how many more customers will my loan officers be able to help so I can continue to pay them less commission per file. And it just made sense and the numbers just worked out. And I originally took the money out of my advertising budget because I believe the word of mouth advertising from all the people we refinance with no closing costs would trump the power of TV and other commercials and advertising that we run. And I was right. And so I want you to take advantage of this. I wanna help you save money. I wanna help you reduce your interest whenever necessary, whenever possible. I wanna help you lower your mortgage payment or lower your mortgage term or get the cash out you may need to pay off other debts, right? A great way to eliminate that credit card debt, refinance your mortgage, take the cash out, pay off the credit card debt, make better decisions the next time around. There's all these ways to use a mortgage refinance as a financial tool to improve your financial position. But again, the downside, the barrier to entry is always the closing costs. I have now removed those. You can now refinance with my mortgage company, RP Funding, and I will pay all the closing costs for you. We're not gonna finance them in. We're not gonna add them to your loan. We're not gonna add them to the back end of the mortgage, okay? I'm going to pay them all for you. And all you have to do is pick up the phone right now and get a free mortgage analysis of what that looks like with one of my licensed loan officers, 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634. That's 855-773-8634 refinance today at today's great low rates, pay no closing costs. I'm going to pay them all for you when you refinance with RP funding, 855-773-8634. That's 855-773-8634 or go to rpfunding.com. Don't forget to tell your friends about saving thousands and about savingthousands.com. And of course, about the Saving Thousands radio app. It's all designed to help you. You'll notice when we're doing this show, there's no commercials, right? 
at least during our portion of the hour, there are no commercials because we are not trying to accomplish anything with this show except empowerment for you. It's all about teaching you the ways to keep your money, make your money go to work for you. So at the end of the day, the end of the week, the end of the month, at the end of your working years, you'll have more to show for it and you'll be in charge. There's no reason to be intimidated. Now, the cool thing about the radio shows is they're archived on the Saving Thousands site. So right now, the radio shows that are getting the most play, so to speak, the ones that are being replayed on demand by you, well, number one is the show where Robert is talking about use of credit cards and how to find the best credit card for you. The second trending show, kind of funny, we've talked about it on this show today, and that's Becoming a Financial Ninja. All right, number three, uh, Robert Palmer, educating listeners on how to take control of their credit score and raise it each and every month simply by paying bills on a certain day in the cycle of that company. You'll, you want to hear that one. It's going to give you a lot of great information. All right, learning everything you need to know about loans and the loan process. Really a lot of people listening to that. And here's one. If you're thinking about refinancing or just want to learn more about financing process, Robert and I have done several shows on that, and you'll be able to find those archived right there at savingthousands.com. Okay, Robert, I've noticed after all these years that we've been working together, when we first started out, you were talking and working mostly on mortgages each and every day. Now the mortgage company is going along like a great locomotive, and you're turning your attention more toward helping people. Rob, you know, as you said, it's all about getting on here. It's all about empowering consumers. You know, I still run into a lot of people who are of the mindset they just shouldn't have any credit cards, right? Mm. You know, this is probably the biggest debate I have with people. And I think it's because a lot of the other financial gurus, a lot of the guys out there, you know, on talk radio really have this attitude of you shouldn't have any credit at all, right? And and while, yes, I agree that, that credit cards, if used incorrectly, can absolutely lead to financial ruin, right? Credit cards used incorrectly can cause problems in your life. Credit cards used incorrectly can cause you to lose a lot of money in interest. It, it can cause you to become a slave even uh, to that. But but what people don't talk about is the positive sides of it, right? The, the positive sides of credit cards, uh, which is, is, look, for good consumers, they will pay us a lot of perks and money and value uh, through the point systems, right, Rob? I mean, you've got some cards with some pretty good point systems. And uh, what are you, you more travel? You're the cruise guy, right? Cruising and travel about every other weekend. I'm able to take at least one or two days when I stay up here in Orlando to help you. One or two days of that is free on points. And this year, as soon as you and I can coordinate it, boss, I've got a free seven-day cruise coming up. See, so that's the thing. So, you know, my, my question is, why would we leave that kind of money on the table, right? I mean, why would we not take advantage of that if we can? And so this is where uh, I want to teach people how to, how to use the cards correctly, how to be empowered consumers, you know, how to really understand that, yeah, if you go out there and load up a credit card and if you use it to live outside of your means right? I mean, that's the key. If you're out there buying things you can't afford and you're trying to live outside of your means because you have credit cards, then yeah, that, that's going to cause a problem. That can put you on the road uh, to ruin. But if you use your credit cards correctly and you're only buying, right? You're only buying the things that you would have bought anyway. You're only buying the, the items that you could already afford that you were prepared to pay cash for uh, beforehand. And if that's what you're buying, if that's what you're out there spending your money on, on the credit card, and then you pay them off, you systematically pay the cards off the way you should, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're able to take advantage of, right? You're able to take advantage of these savings. You're able to take advantage of the, the benefits, the bonuses, the, the rewards they throw at us without actually paying any interest. Because as we've talked about, almost all credit cards have a grace period. So as long as you pay them off, right? As long as you pay them off within the time frame allotted in full, all right? You're not going to pay any interest. And so if I can use a credit card, and I can get a free cruise once a year, or I can get a free family vacation once a year, or I can get a couple thousand dollars statement credit once a year, whatever that is, and never pay a dime of interest, right? Why would I not take advantage of that? And that's really what being a financial ninja is all about. It's not just saying, okay, we're going to be afraid of credit. We're not going to have credit. We're going to be 100% credit free. We're not going to have a credit score. We don't believe in credit scores. We hate the banks. We hate credit reporting. I mean, I, I, I really, I admire people who have that attitude, but unfortunately it just can't work in today's society. We have hit a point where 
credit is so ingrained in all aspects of our lives, right? And credit scoring is even more ingrained in all aspects of our lives. And so if you don't have a credit score, if you don't have items on your credit report, if you don't have access to credit when you need it, uh, it can cause much worse situations because what what happens is someone who has no credit, right? Someone who takes the stance of I'm going to pay everything off, I'm going to cancel my credit cards, I'm not going to have any credit cards. If they find themselves in a situation one day where they actually need credit, which can happen, right? All of a sudden, your kids want to go to college and you don't have enough money saved up. You know, maybe you thought they were going to go to a community college and they get accepted into an Ivy League school and you don't have enough money saved up. And so you want to help your child achieve that dream. You're going to, your dream, you're going to need some student loans. And uh, guess what? If you don't have a credit score at all, if you don't have any credit at all, those student loans will be outside of your grasp. And while we would all like to say, hey, we, we can live within our means, we can pay cash for everything, we don't need credit, you never know what type of curves life is going to throw at you. You just don't. Uh, things can happen that are out of our control. And this is where having credit can give you the flexibility to keep going, to survive those types of situations. And, uh, and But you've got to have good credit to do that, right? And so if you don't have any credit at all, if you don't have any credit at all, the system will punish you. And the system will punish you with a low credit score, right? And this low credit score will cause you to not be able to get the types of credit you need, to not be able to do the things you need. And this can lead to problems in life, you know? So uh, I guess one of the, this is why rule number four is what it is. You know, don't abuse credit, right? I definitely don't want you out there buying things you can't afford. I don't want you running up ridiculous uh, balances on your credit cards. Uh, I don't want you doing any of those things, but, but I do want you to, to not fear credit. So rule number four is don't abuse credit, but don't fear it either. Uh, unfortunately, we are just in a society where credit has become so ingrained in everything, everything we do from insurance, uh, you know, to, to some jobs now we're looking at it, you know, everything you want to do in life and the opportunities that you can be, uh, uh, you know, kept from you based on no credit or bad credit are just too numerous. Uh, you know, most people don't go out and buy a house cash, Right. The new rule number seven, own real estate sooner, not later. And so, you know, with, with these people, they don't necessarily teach, hey, go buy a house cash. You know, they want you to buy a house with a mortgage and they want you to pay that mortgage off as quickly as possible. Because if, if you look at it, if you take the attitude and say, I'm not going to borrow any money. Right, Rob, let's let's just sit back and let's say I'm a you know, I'm, I'm 23 years old and, and I decide I'm, I'm ready to, to settle down and I want to get a home. And I say, all right, I'm going to save I'm going to save money until I can afford to buy this house. Rob, how many years do you think it would take? Uh, how many years do you think it would take a 23-year-old to save up enough cash to buy a house? Well, let's say you're going for about a $140,000 house as a starter. Uh, you're going to be in your 50s, bud. Yeah, and how much? Uh, how much is that house going to cost then? Uh, right. No. I mean, you, you mm -hmm. know, you're you're going to be borrowing the whole and the whole time you're you're saving your money to pay cash for a house. Uh, the house value is going up and going up and going up. And interest rates are probably going up. And then you're missing all the tax benefits of, of not being able to write off mortgage interest. And you're paying and, rent for years. Yeah, you're paying rent. You're missing, <laughs> you're missing the fact that, uh, you know, that, that, that by, by not being in that house now, you're going to miss all that, that appreciation. So if the house is 140 today, it'll probably be 240, 340, 440. Who knows uh, by the time you could afford to pay cash for it. And if you went ahead and bought it with a mortgage, it would be yours, right? So let, let's look at this. Let's break this down. All right. So even if you say, well, that's Robert, I'm not, I don't have a problem with borrowing for a mortgage. That's the one exception. Well, if you go to try to get a mortgage and you have no credit, Ooh. zero credit, because you don't believe in credit, guess what? You're not going to get that mortgage. So all of this fits in together. And so, you know, rule number seven, own real estate sooner, not later. The only way to own sooner is to take advantage of leverage, which is borrowing money. And the only way you're going to be able to borrow money is if you've shown you can be responsible with credit. And the only way to show you can be responsible with credit is to have credit and pay it on time. So it is this vicious cycle. And really, in order to maximize where we want to go financially, we have got to have credit, right? And to me, this definitely includes credit cards. Now, mm -hmm. this is the great temptation, right? This is the one you can screw up the most, right? You go out and you buy a car and the car payment is what it is and you know up front some people do overspend on their cars and get strapped with that debt, but for most people, they know. So, okay, well, I can afford a $400 car payment, so I'm going to go buy X amount of car, and if I make those payments for 48 months, then the car is paid off, right? It's pretty simple, and you can't really screw that up too badly. You can't get yourself in over your head with that, where with a credit card, uh, you absolutely can if you're not responsible, right? You're given a, a credit card with a two or $3,000 limit. And you do good with it. So now they give you more, right? Now, now they're going to give you, they're going to bump you up to 6,000 or 10,000. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're at 20,000, 
right? And now there's that there's that new TV you really want, or you know there's that vacation you really want to take your your family on, you know whatever it is. Maybe you're you're dating a new you know girl, you want to buy her a present. Maybe you're dating a new guy, you want to buy him a present. Whatever it is, uh, you know, and you've got this twenty thousand dollars available on this credit card, and this is the this is the difference. This is where the temptation comes in. Now, is the credit card to blame for this? I mean, trust me, they are they are trying to tempt you. They are trying to get you to do this, but no one can make you spend money you don't want to spend. No one can make you put a charge on that credit card uh, without your signature and without your decision. At the end of the day, it's all about you being in charge. Don't let anyone anymore try to entice you into spending money that later on down the line, later on that day, you're going to regret. Take charge. You're the one in charge. All right? I talked a few minutes ago about the radio shows that you are playing back on demand. Well, if you go to savingthousands.com, you're also going to find some phenomenal articles. Some of these articles deal with things that you deal with every day. But when you read these, you'll see where you can take power. All right. Now, here's a real good article that is trending right now on how to work the refi. We've talked about it some on this show. How to make a refi work for you. Now, here's one. Stop paying mortgage insurance. You know that 100 or $200 extra on your payment every month that you can't quite figure out where it goes? You know, your payment is made up of, of course, the paying off the mortgage and your homeowner's insurance and your property taxes and, of course, PMI, private mortgage insurance. You maybe never realized that, but you're paying it. And it's not there to protect you. You're paying it to protect the mortgage company. So this article helps you get rid of that. Sounds like a good proposition to me. All right. I'll tell you what. Savingthousands.com. Savingthousands, the radio show. Savingthousands, the app. are just about that. Saving you thousands. That's what it's all about. And you know what? One of the things that's a mystery to me, and I think it's a mystery to you, Robert, is the fact that there are so many people out there that are qualified and maybe even feel like they really want to own a home, but it stops there. They're not going through with it. And I don't know why. I don't know if they're intimidated about the process or they're worried about getting money. I'm not sure where it is, but more people should be buying homes. I mean, you know, Rob, you and I talk about this a lot. I mean, it's really not that hard to buy a house. I mean, what do you think? No, I see people coming in and out the doors here. I hear people on the phone. It is not that hard, especially if you're dealing with a lender that's upfront, that's going to put the customer service first. And, you know, if, if J.P. Morgan Chase puts up $1.2 billion to believe in housing, well, then John Q. Public better start believing in housing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh and and so, so here's, here's where we sit today. So you can get an FHA loan, right, with a credit score of 580 and a 3.5% down payment. And you can have a, I mean, let me think. You probably have to make... I don't know, 35,000 a year, 40,000 a year. I mean, it's not, it doesn't require a whole lot of income depending on your other debts. I mean, what I just described probably covers 80, 90% of the people who are out there renting. You know, the, the only people who are truly stuck are those that have a foreclosure uh, in the last two years, mm-hmm. uh, three years for some programs, or who have a short sale in the last two to three years, or a bankruptcy in the last 24 months. Uh, but if you, other than that, so the people who have never owned a home before, right, they don't have any type of waiting period. They don't have any type of foreclosure, short sale problems on their credit because they've never owned a home before. Uh, they're just scared of the process, you know, and, and that's what I really want. That's what I need to figure out how to fix, Rob. You know, regardless of whether they're going to come get a mortgage from me or not, I, I want people out there buying houses. I want people to be able to take advantage of the wealth creation that comes with home ownership, right? I want these people to wake up in 10 years and have $60,000 in equity and $70,000 in equity and and owe 30,000 less on the mortgage and have this $100,000 nest egg sitting there just for paying a mortgage instead of paying rent, you know, and, and at the same time having the control to, to paint the walls or put the swing set in the backyard or do whatever you want to do and become part of a community and bank a hundred grand in equity and, and, and over the, over the 10 years, that's what I want everybody to be able to take advantage mm-hmm. of. But people are scared, you know, and, and the one thing I can tell you is we try to make the mortgage part as, as unscary as possible. You know, nobody's going to laugh at you or call you names if you can't qualify right now. Uh, if anything, we're going to try to help point you in the right direction and put you on the path. Uh, way more people qualify than think they would. Right, Rob? So 
maybe four or five months ago, I kind of pleaded on the air for anyone out there listening who had been scared to just pick up the phone and call, right? Just, just do it. Don't, you know, just call. It doesn't cost you a dime. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to lock you into anything. There's no obligation. Just call us and let me see if I can get you approved for a mortgage. Like, let's just try it. Mm-hmm. Rick, whether you, whether you want to really buy a house or not, take the five or 10 minutes of your life, give us a call and let me see if I can get you approved for a mortgage. Uh, you know, don't tell your friends and family yet. Don't let anybody know you're doing this. There will be no embarrassment. If we say yes, great. If we say no, we'll give you some pointers on how to get there. But people, there were people, Rob, that were shocked that they could actually get approved for a mortgage. And, and so they would call and I say, you know, I'm only calling because Robert, you know, basically begged us to on the air. And I, I don't think I'm going to qualify, you know, and I don't think I can have a house. And, you know, I don't think my job is good enough and I don't think my credit is good enough and I don't think I have enough money in the bank and I don't even know why I'm calling, but I am. And, you know, what What, what can you do? And then all of a sudden we tell them, well, yeah, great. You're, you're, you can be pre-approved. You're, you, you're approvable. You can buy a house. You can buy a nice house. And here's what the payment's going to be. And, and Rob, people, they're shocked, right? There's this whole group of people that honestly believe they can't buy a house when they can. And so they're, they're looking at us and they're like, what? I, wait, I, I can? I can buy a house. I can buy that nice of a house mm-hmm. and the payment's less than my rent. What? You know, this, this was the reaction we got. And so if, if that's you, right, if you're out there listening and you don't think you can buy a house, what are you basing that on? Right. Let, you're basing that on your, your crazy uncle, you know, uncle Sam told you how hard it is to get a mortgage, you know, five years. I mean, who knows where, where these misconceptions come from? The talking heads on TV, Talking about how mortgage credit is harder to get than ever. Now, I, I will tell you there is one subset of people who uh, who still really struggle to get a mortgage and, and will continue to struggle, and that is if you are self-employed and you do not claim your income on your taxes. Oh, yeah. Okay? There's there's no solution there, right? If you own a business and you make $100,000 a year, but you tell the IRS you make $10,000 a year, you will not be buying a house, right? Now, that is not the majority of the, the general public out there. That's a very small subset of people. Uh, that group of people cannot get a house right now. They could back in the day because back in the day, we didn't ask them to prove their income. Uh, today, we do ask them to prove their income, and we ask them to prove their income by providing tax returns. And so a lot of the people you were here saying how hard it is to get a mortgage, it's because they do not have the adequate income because they do not show it on their tax returns. And they do not pay taxes. That is not most of us out there, right? So for everyone else listening, you know, if you work a job and you get paid X dollars an hour, 40 hours a week, and you get some overtime, great. If you get a salary, if you get a salary and bonus, if you get commissions, whatever it is, if you have a good solid job where your W-2 at the end of the year has a nice number on it that's above, say, thirty-five dollars or $40,000, maybe even less if you're, you know, if you're married, the two of you together can be around that much. Maybe you got a buddy, you want to go in and buy the house together, be roommates, whatever it is, it's much easier to qualify. The down payments, Rob, 3.5%, right? $200,000 house, talking $7,000 down. $100,000 house, $3,500 down. Uh, when you work with a lender like us that doesn't charge lender fees, then they're, they're, you know, you're not coming out of pocket with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Really, all you have to worry about is your down payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, the seller will pick up the, the bulk of the closing costs. We don't charge anything, and, and you're good to go. Uh, so, yeah, 3.5%, 3500 bucks. You know, if you can get your hands on $3,500, it can even be a gift. You know, maybe mom and dad want to want to gift you 3500 bucks for the down payment. I, you know, I think most parents would happily give their child some money if they know it's going to go toward buying a house. Uh, It's easier than you think. And if you ever have a question about the buying process, why not just pick up the phone, talk to one of our licensed mortgage people, and they're friendly. They're not after you for a hard sell. They just want to answer your questions. And maybe down the line, you'll make the decision that you want to call them back and say, all right, let's give it a try. Let's see what I can qualify for. And I don't want to be a slave to my house payment Let's see what I can comfortably afford. And folks, I guarantee you something. You're going to find that you get a lot more house than you thought you could, and you are going to be the boss. No more landlord. 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. It's as simple as that. Have the conversation. Start the negotiation. You're going to be the winner. And pretty soon, you'll have those keys in your hand to your home. Wow. That is a wonderful feeling if you've never experienced it. I can't believe it. Every time I've bought a home, it has been such a wonderful day because it's legacy. It's you. It's where your memories are built. Don't leave those memories in some apartment someplace. 
let's start building a place that our kids can grow up with. And as they get older, they can talk about where they grew up, the swing in the backyard, the school they went to, the neighbors that they got to know. That's what it's all about. That's the American dream. And that's what Robert Palmer and all the folks at RP Funding and all the folks with Saving Thousands want. We want you to have that feeling. We want you to have that American dream. You know, earlier in the show, I mentioned the Saving Thousands Rules to Success. Well, Robert, you have a brand new rule that I think makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, so one of the things I want to talk about today, Rob, is uh, our, one of our new rules, uh, newer rules, I guess, which is, uh, you know, when you're buying a home, you're most likely going to use a 30-year mortgage, right? And we're going to talk about why I recommend this. But then refinancing to a 15-year mortgage uh, as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. And we're, what we see for most people is this is somewhere between three and seven years is when most people are able to make the change and go from the 30-year to the 15-year. And I'm going to walk you through some examples today, and we're going to talk about this. Again, this is one of the newer rules. We haven't spent a lot of time on it here on the network. Uh, you know, and, and this one uh, this one actually had some influence in my life from my father-in-law, uh, Phil. You know, he, he did this and, and was able to you know, pay his house off very quickly because of it. You know, and now as he prepares for retirement, you know, he hasn't had a mortgage payment in seven or eight years. Oh, and uh, you know that that allows him to put a lot more money into savings and four hundred one k. And so as we talk about the benefits, you know, but one of the a couple of the the big things that he did is one, he bought the right house up front the first time, and he's been in that house for uh, close to twenty something years now. And uh, and then on top of that, he made this move to go from a thirty year to a fifteen year pretty early on. Uh, and then even still paid it off sooner than the 15 years. So let's start with the first part of this, you know, because obviously, you know, we've had the rule about owning real estate sooner, not later. Um, you know, th- this is a big one. The, the amount of wealth we can build. I've talked about this a lot, how it is important to own real estate. No one talks about dying, uh, being a renter for the rest of their life, you know, retiring uh, as a renter for the rest of their life. I think most people view at some point they're going to own a home. And, and the longer you put that off, it's kind of like savings, right? You know, the longer we put off savings, I think everybody's heard, you know, the sooner you start you know, putting money in your 401k, the more money you're going to have, obviously. You know, the, the sooner you start putting money into investment accounts, the more money you're going to have, obviously. Well, the same thing happens with real estate. The sooner you buy that home, the sooner and the faster you can build equity. And the sooner and faster you can find yourself in a situation where the home is owned free and clear. And I think as a society, we got out of this. You know, we got caught up so much in the bigger, badder houses, right? And the McMansions and, and a lot of the attitude that led to the crash. You know, if, if you look now, we're, we're seven, eight years after the crash. Mm-hmm. And, and the circumstances that led to the crash have been going on for seven or eight years before that. You know, so there was a period in there, a pretty long period in there, where people were upgrading to nicer houses instead of making the right financial decision, which would have been to go to a 15-year on the house they were in, right? So... You know, it was like, well, you know, we're, we're making a little more money and we've paid down our home a little bit and we've got a little equity. You know, plan A would be let's let's refinance to a 15 year mortgage and let's get this thing paid off faster or plan B. Let's sell it and go buy a house. that's twice as expensive. You know, and uh, that was the that was the decision that we saw made the most, uh, you know, obviously during the crash and leading up to the crash. And and so, you know, this decision, this decision to stay in the in the same home. So that's the first thing. Right, if you're going to stay in the home, it's got to be the right home. And, and I've got a couple different uh, different philosophies on this. One, I'm kind of what I would like to call like a house hoarder, Rob. Uh-huh. So you know, once I buy a house, I hate I hate to sell it. You know, and and I think keeping it as a rental property, uh, you know, is a great plan. And and again, the, the, that fits in with this as well. You know, buying a home, refinancing it to a 15 year, and then if you can cash flow it on the rents, you're going to have it paid off sooner. Now you've got a free and clear house that someone else is making the payments on. Um, I've actually, I've got a book coming out about uh, in the next four or five months here about real estate investing called Appreciation Opportunity mm-hmm. uh, that really covers a lot of those 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 basics and, and how to measure the idea of owning an investment property or converting your house into an investment property. But let's take that off the table for a minute. Right. So let's say, you, you know, you get into a house. Uh, the key is to buy the right house, right? And this is, I really want you to buy uh, as much house as you can afford comfortably, right? And so that's where the 30-year mortgage comes into play. If you buy the house right out of the gate on a 15-year, then chances are you're having to give up some features, which may make you want to leave that house. And that's one of the worst things we can do. If you're not going to retain it, right? If you're going to buy the house and then think you're going to resell it in two, three years, 
uh, you've really negated all of the the benefits and gains of home ownership when you look at the closing costs you have to pay as a seller when you sell a piece of property. And that's what my book really digs into, Rob, is how to look at those soft costs, which is mm-hmm. the cost of the real estate commissions and the the closing costs, and look at the the cost of of buying the home, selling the home, moving into the home, moving out of the home. You know, taking all of that into account because it all fits into the financial picture. And so if if we buy too little home, too little of a home, right? So we 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 don't buy enough home and we're not going to be happy with that home. And then we find ourselves two years later selling that home. Whatever we made in appreciation, whatever we pay down in equity is now going out the door in closing costs, uh, concessions to the buyer and real estate commissions. And so what I will tell you is the only real time that buying a home is a mistake is if you turn around and sell it too quickly, right? Now, there are some examples where you know, home values have gone up dramatically and people have made some money. Um, but again, we can't bank on that, right? I mean, you can't count on the fact that what we saw over the last couple of years where homes have gone up 20% in value. Uh, you know, in a normal market, we're going to see, you know, 2 to 3% appreciation. So if the home goes up 3% in value the first year and 3% in value the second year, well, there's enough to cover the 6% real estate commission. So that's a break even, right? And then, and then you're probably going to need another 3% appreciation the third year to cover the closing costs that the seller usually ends up paying on behalf of the buyer. So, you know, when you, when you do go to sell a home, that first six to 9% in gains is gone because you're going to pay that to get out of the house. Mm. And so this is where buying a home and reselling it too quickly uh, can turn into a bad financial decision. Now, keeping that home as an investment property, uh, now you don't, you don't face any of those, you know, go on and buy your next home. But retain that one. Keep it. Put a put a tenant in there. Like let somebody else make your mortgage payment. So that that's the better strategy. Well, Robert, that just about wraps us up for another show. I tell you, these go so fast, don't they, folks? We've been talking for nearly an hour, and yet it goes so quickly. And again, I've mentioned it before, but it's worth mentioning it again. If you hear a show and you want to hear it again, or maybe you've missed part of it, or maybe you want to hear other shows that we've done and. You want to become more empowered each and every day, and you want to be that person with that 750 credit score. Yes, you can be. It's easier than you think. Simply go to savingthousands.com, read the articles, listen to the radio shows. Don't miss our Saving Thousands radio app that you can easily access on your phone. Go to the App Store. It's absolutely free to download. Also, wherever you go on planet Earth, you are within reach of the internet, right? Well, that means you're within reach of iHeart. And in addition to this great radio station, we have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365 channel on iHeart Radio. Simply when you get to iHeart, search out Robert Palmer. Simple as that. Just put in Robert Palmer, and it will get you right there to the station, which operates 24 hours a day. Great replays of this show, and along the way, a couple of great tunes, too. So those are the ways that you can get to us, and you can also call 855-773-8634. That's the office, 855-773-8634. And again, don't forget the Home Value Hotline, a no obligation, no strings attached, great way for you to get the precise value of your home without your name and your information ending up on somebody's mailing list. That just doesn't happen here. And that home value hotline is 866-222-8231, 866-222-8231. You're saving thousands with Robert Palmer. 